This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Let's Talk Arsenal show. Joining you this evening on a Friday uh, to talk about the January transfer window. What is a member special? Because of course there are no Arsenal games going on over the course of the World Cup. And so what I thought would be a better idea is to still get, of course, some downtime with the members in our Discord server. It's to do some kind of bi-weekly or fortnightly, I suppose, uh, shows in which we have a sit-down chat about all things Arsenal. Of course, when the World Cup gets underway, there'll be more stuff to talk about from that perspective. Uh, but for now, I thought a quite timely topic, even though it feels like it's uh, ages away, is it in fact only two Arsenal games away from the uh, January transfer window, that that would indeed be today's topic. So without further ado, we'll get straight into things. Do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. Let's introduce to you my first half of the show's guests. First of all, it's Dan, aka Alpha. How you doing, mate? You good, Joel? Yeah, all good, thank you. How are you doing? You all right? Yeah, not bad, mate. Not too shabby. Unfortunately, we we, we haven't got the little one this show. No, 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 no. He's been he's been tamed. <laughs> <laughs> For those that don't know, last time uh, the cat was producing some quite brilliant commentary in the outside and really disagreeing with all of Dan's points yeah. uh, last time. But uh, yeah, none of that today. So Dan's got no one disagreeing. We'll have to wait and see if that continues with the rest of our guests. King, how are we? Very Senegalese supporting. Yes, yes. Uh, got World Cup fever over here. Uh, I'm good. Arsenal top of the league. So yeah, can't complain. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's going to be uh, an interesting tournament, indeed. Uh, thoughts for Senegal ahead of the competition? Well, obviously, the main man, our mm. star Sadio Mane, is going to miss the tournament because of an injury. So obviously. That's bring down our expectations a bit. But I still think we've got a good chance to get past the group. And then anything after that is just a bonus. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it really genuinely does suck that Sadio Mane is not going to be able to be there and, and would have been a huge loss to any side. But when it's, you know, typical of a nation where, you know, that one key player is such a huge standout, to lose them is is massive. Um, but hopefully uh, we see things improve elsewhere. Anyone else going to fill into his shoes that we're expecting? 
Well, the thing, the problem is that the, the players who got similar experience are all in midfield or in defense. So, you know, mm. you got Kutbali, you got Idrisa Gay, you got Abdul Jallo. All the other attackers are like some of them play in France, some of them play 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 in Greece, some of them play, you know, in, in Italy. But no one really plays at the highest level, and, and that's mm. where the worry that he's been so integral to to not just the way he plays, but he gives hope to the whole nation that you know you can you can make it. And I think we're gonna miss his mentality on the pitch, unfortunately. Mm. We'll see how Senegal get on in what is a, a difficult group, uh, that's for sure. Um, let's bring in our final guest as well. Garrett, how are we doing? Garrett, you good, Joel? Yeah, Martin, thanks for me having me on again, Tom. I appreciate Hello. it. Yeah, looking forward My to this. Pleasure. My pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. Who are we supporting ahead of the World Cup? <laughs> um, Ireland aren't in it, so... Yeah, I mean, look, that's why I'm intrigued. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm a... I'm a, I'm a just you know, I'm I'm looking at it. I see I see who wins. I'm I'm looking forward to it as a neutral. Um, I mm. think it should be good. I mean, I think the teams have a lot of depth. Some more so than others. I think deceivingly, actually, Argentina maybe don't have as much depth um, mm. as we you think. You know, um, but I mean, still, look, they're starting eleven. Uh, I mean, can you get better than that front four? Mm. I'm mm. not sure. You know. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Argentina are definitely up there as one of the favourites of the competition alongside the likes of Brazil, France. Uh, I don't really think England are, Dan, do we? I mean, it's, you know, uh, Gareth Southgate at the helm just doesn't bring any confidence at all at this stage. Even with two, you know, well, last two competitions, a semi-final and a final, still not keen, you know. He's Conte in his way to, to those finals, isn't he? Like, super defence all the way. I don't know, it's, it's, it's uninspiring uh, in terms of what he's picking, but who knows? You know, like he he may fluke his way all the way back to another final, and then this time he may go attacking. You never know, but likely he's going to play three defensive midfielders, five defenders, and just slap Kane up top and just hope we lump it to him. Like, and ugh. I I just hope that he goes a different way. Maybe starts Bellingham instead of starting uh, Phillips. That would be a nice start to to the change, and then just hope that he put the wingers do their do their job. Uh, I don't know. It's hard. I don't know. I think I've been, I'm really uninterested in the World Cup at the moment. So I'm finding it hard to even feel inspired and interested in what's going to happen. But I'll try. Absolutely. Yeah. It is, it is difficult to get up for it. I'm feeling really detached from it uh, more so than I think that I ever have been easily in the past. So yeah, it's, it's a, a really strange one um, being in the middle of the season as well. And, you know, it's interrupting Arsenal's momentum and flow is, is a shame, but uh, hopefully Arsenal come out from it unscathed and could come out from it reinforced in January. And that's, of course, what we're here to talk about. And so what I thought we'd do is I thought we'd go through with all of our guests this evening, kind of looking at what is their dream January transfer window within the realms of realism, which is, you know, dream and reality. Very difficult to combine those two, but we're going to try and test those waters tonight. We're going to go in reverse order, I think. Garrett, I'll start with you. What would encompass your dream window and explain your reasons behind it? Right, yeah. Um, I mean, look, there's obviously been a lot of talk around Mudrick, but I think a price tag is just, it's too high. Um, and really, I don't know, it doesn't fit that profile. I mean, you've talked about it a lot. Someone that can play across the front three. I don't know, you know, I, as I think a lot of Arsenal fans, I mean, I don't know if we've actually watched them that much, you know, I, I haven't, you know, um, I'm not sure, like, I, I think definitely defensive midfields, um, I mean, we've seen what happens when we miss part when Partey's out, there is a significant drop-off, uh, there's no doubt about it, and, I mean, you know, we've got Mo there, who's a great servant, does his job, absolutely, and 
we, you know, we saw him do some great stuff to be fair at the end of last season. But at the ten, at the level we've gone up to, I don't think Mo can match that, you know. Um, but as far as targets go, there, I'm not too sure. I mean, like, I'm not sure if any of you guys know of anyone that's at, at that level of Partey. You know, I don't. We can find I don't someone. Think there is, yeah. I don't think there is. What do you make of Danilo's the guy that we've been linked to, the Brazilian lad? Yeah, I'm. Yeah. I, I think it would be a good signing. I mean, the cup competition is done in Brazil, if I'm not wrong. So, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so, look, they may be more willing to let him go. Price tag-wise, I think it'll be more within our budget for the window. Um, and, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, he can't... Well, I haven't watched much of him either. I won't lie. Um, but I don't think he can step up to the level of Partey straight away. Uh, that's not to say he can't. I mean, he's, he's a good prospect from what I hear. Um. But yeah, it, it's going to be tough. I mean, I think in any way, a summer window even, we'd struggle to find someone of that level of parte in January, as we know, was a pretty bad market, you know? So it's going to be tough, but I I don't doubt Edu and Arteta. I mean, you know, we know that they, there's not many leaks in the club anymore. Stuff doesn't get out. I mean, Fabio mm-hmm. Vieira came out of absolutely nowhere. Uh, it was just announced one day. So, you know, I don't doubt they're looking at people. Um, but I think defensive midfield is definitely the most important. And then for up front, I mean... We, we were linked to the like of Ferran Torres. I mean, get him in. Someone, I mean, I wouldn't be that keen on a loan, but, you know, it, it could be something maybe they look at just to spend too much in January because I think you can see that they really, the owners and uh, the general body up above like to stick to their plans. I mean, last year, we found ourselves in fourth, if I'm not mistaken, that Christmas, mm. fifth maybe. Um, but you know that wasn't that didn't inspire them to you know put any money forward, someone in to really lock that place in. So, look, I mean, they definitely. I I don't think they thought we'd be where we are now. Um, I don't think it, many of us did really, for being honest. Um, but here we are, you know. And then you could look at it the other side as well. That maybe you know that would fast forward plans from the summer. Um, but look, yeah, who knows? It's it's guessing, I suppose, really. But you know, it's good to good to talk it out. Absolutely, yeah, it is guesswork, a lot of guesswork, because as you said, surprises can happen with the Fabio Vieira deal, and that came out of nowhere, and we might see something similar happen in January. I remember the Matt Ryan signing in January came out of absolutely nowhere. It was literally announced on the website before it even been mentioned by anybody. Uh, that that was really special. Uh, whilst it wasn't you know, the most inspiring of moves, and probably one that you are able to keep more quiet, it certainly was inspiring in the sense of, wow, you can you can really see how quiet the club can be and even spending big money on Vieira can be kept fairly quiet as well. King, dream January transfer window, what are you expecting? Oh, for me, it would be Ruben Neves. Wow. I, I really like Neves. Uh, mm. And I think what's good with Neves is that he's improved his physicality. So he, he's much better now in defence. He covers more grounds and he's learned to 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 be a shield in front of the defence. Whereas before, we always know that he was a good passer. He got good shot, good vision. But now he's learned. So I think he could be someone who could play the party role, but he could also play the Shaka role. You know, you could even play Nevis and, and party in a double pivot. Like uh, I think he would be a good signing and he's Premier League proven and I think he's just twenty five years old as well. So mm. uh, I think he would add a lot of value and, 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 and competition to the squad. And and for the attack I would probably go for uh Trossard. I think I, I like Trossard a lot. Uh, I, I watch a lot of Brighton games and he, he stands out and the thing with Trossard is that he can play in a number 10, he can play centre-forward, he can play on the wing, and he can also play wing-back. And 
He doesn't look lost in any of them roles. He's also at an age where if he wants to get to that next level and play Champions League and, and compete for, for Premier League titles, now is the time. And I think if he doesn't renew his contract, I think if you put in a good enough bid, we've seen that Brighton are willing to, to sell players. So mm. them two would be a dream window for me. What I notice about that, obviously, is you've gone for two kind of proven players, if you will, you know, and Premier League proven at that. And, and Neves and Trossard certainly would bring, I think, an immediate impact. Is that what you want to see from January? Is it like the signings that aren't maybe like a Mudrick or a, a Danilo that maybe are more potential signings and that aren't going to give you as much of an immediacy as what a signing like a Neves or a Trossard can, who already are transitioned and acclimatised to the Premier League? Is that what you'd like us to go down the route of? Yes, and obviously it's because it was dream but realistic. I, I thought about mm. what would I want for this squad. So we know that we've got the youngest squad. We know that we have a lots of young talent with lots of energy and, and, and potential. So mm. we have that in, in so many, you know, Adegaard, Martinelli, Saka, uh, you know, they're all young talents, you know, Saliba, Gabriel, they're all very young still. But what we don't have is a lot of players who are around 25 to 27 who's at a really high level already. And I feel mm. like them too would, would bring that to the squad. No, fair enough. I, I think they're two very, very solid uh, options that would certainly improve the options that we existingly have at the club. Dan, dream January window. King stole the words from my mouth. Literally, Both players. No, yeah, I, I, I think Neves is quality. But the yeah. thing is, is um, they're going to want a little bit more. Aren't they? They're fighting for survival at the moment. They're not going to want to let him go. He's the captain. But realistically, if, if we was wanting to make that immediate impact, it would have to be someone of his calibre because he's someone who could probably replace Partey like for like mm. almost, you know, in terms of what he delivers on the pitch. But Trossard was my guy. Like I, I love Trossard. I think he's... He, he reminds me of Lalana when he was first hitting the scene at Liverpool and he was like, you know, both footed, can play yeah. anywhere behind the back line. Someone like that would give us so much depth, especially in that that attack, sort of the number 10, the wide wing forward, going in behind the striker, pushing for a goal last minute. He's right up there. I, I think he's wicked. But Mudrik and those guys, I don't think they're the ones we should be aiming for in January. So, yeah, okay. I would second King on what he said. They're Neves, Trossard, proven Prem players. Zaha, if he was five years ago, maybe he would have been the guy I'd have been saying, look, this is the guy we go for because he's he's in the age bracket, but he's, he's 30 now. And as much as I like him as a player, and I've been on Discord calling him out, yeah, even on a free transfer at 30, you're going to get, what, two, three years out of him. And it could it could be a good two, three years. But I think, yeah, Trossard, if you're going to put some money down, if the club are willing to try and get us over the line, Trossard Neves would be a good shot. I'd even shout for Casado, the, the one from Brighton as well. Like, if it, mm. Neves weren't coming, like, you know, you he's young, they're going to want a lot of money for him, but he probably doesn't hold that value at the moment. They could still banter or, or barter with them. They could still try and bring it down. But Trossard, yeah, definitely. He's someone who would instant impact. 
Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, Trossard's deal runs out in the summer, although Brighton do have a one-year option um, mm. to extend that, which I imagine they'd be mad not to, to activate mm. that one-year option. Um, so it's going to cost Arsenal significantly, I think, if they're going to try and sign him in January. Uh, Brighton are looking to try and potentially get European football next season from the way they're playing. So there's probably going to be a reluctance of them to want to sell. Mm-hmm. Neves from Wolves again, another player that's going to cost you a lot of money um, to get through the door. I'm not sure it's as to his contract situation. I'll do a quick uh, I think he's check. got one year left next year, is he's it? Next year's year. his last year. Yes. So he's got he runs out in 2024. So yeah, he's got one year and a bit to go on his deal. So maybe Wolves will be open to accepting a, a decent figure. But again, in January, are you going to be able to tempt a Premier League side to, to selling to another Premier League side? Very, very difficult. Um it's it's interesting hearing that like, yeah, really none of you have gone for the the Mudricks of this world, which is the one the ones that have been really heavily linked to us. If say Garrett, it was to be kind of that that profile of player, the the younger one, the one was with potential, your twenty twenty one year olds that aren't coming from the Premier League, would that then be a disappointment to you in in a sense? Because we've been very heavily here talking about Premier League proven talent. Um, I don't know if I don't know. It wouldn't be a disappointment, but I think I, I yeah, the age is something I didn't touch on. I think King and Dan are dead. I, I mean. We have plenty of young players and, you know, people with massive potential. I mean, for instant results, I don't think it's fair to expect to get it to get a guy like Danilo or even Mudrick if we could get a reasonable price. You can't get them in and be like, you know, put it on their back. You know, we got you guys in. Come on now, let's push on and win the league. I don't think that's fair. Um, and to mm. be honest, I don't think they could do it either. So it, it's, yeah, I think we got to go for someone with a bit more experience um but i think as you've talked on the show tom age doesn't always mean experience i mean you look at odegaard he's been playing for years and um, so no I, I don't think we have to get someone from the premier league absolutely not um if we can find the right profile outside of the premier league absolutely i mean i'm not really one to just say oh you know all the other leagues the standard is a you know massive massive drop off it's not you know i mean some of the other leagues play great football so no absolutely if we could get if we could find someone um, you know, that fits what they were looking for. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely don't think you could say it'd be a failure. Um, yeah. Mm. And King, obviously last January, we didn't bring anyone in. And that was a really kind of contentious point for the fan base. It was a really, it was something that was really criticised uh, within the Arsenal fan base. And it ended up probably in some, it being a factor in us missing out on top four, you'd think if we'd have they been able to bring in, say, a midfielder or bring in a potentially another forward, we could have got those three extra points that would have seen us qualify for the Champions League. Now, we don't know if that would have led to us being where we are now. There's no way of knowing. But that's not really my question. My question's more around, are you concerned by what we've seen happen in the past where we didn't go for anyone because the club only wants, as Arteta says, to sign the right player and a a player of a level of quality they believe to be good enough? Does that worry you that we may repeat what we did? Or are you confident that we will indeed do business? I mean, first of all, I think it's good that we don't just buy players to buy players. Uh, we've mm. seen that before, right? And it doesn't work. It looks pretty on the eye. You get excited, like a, like a Pepe, where, oh, it's exciting. We want Nicolas Pepe. He comes in, but he doesn't really do the job. Or you go down the route of, oh, we need an experienced players, you know, like, like a David Luiz. And he did okay, but he didn't really solve anything in the long run. So I think it's good that... Mm gone away from that and we are really focusing on players that suits the way the manager wants to play 
you know, suits the personality the manager wants because in the end, the manager is going to manage the player. So if you're not going to be part of what he wants you to do, then you're not going to get the best out of that player. So I think that's good. If I'm worried a bit, but not too much, because there seems to be, uh, you know, if you go through journalists and, and credible sources and, and the fact that Josh has, has flew in and come to England, and, and I said this on an interview on, on AFTU, that I don't think Josh has flown all the way from America to come to Arsenal to drink coffee. So obviously they are planning to to get players in. And I think they see this opportunity where it would benefit Arteta, Edu, but it would also benefit the Cronkies if, if Arsenal went to push on to get to a, a league title and even win it. You know, that would be a huge statement and a win mm. for them as owners and, and, and give the, buy them even more time with this whole uh, project. So I do think that if, if the right player comes up and, and, and the price is reasonable in their eyes, they will go for it. I wouldn't be surprised if, if we were when to go for someone like a Fukunda Torres, if, if someone like Mudrik becomes too expensive. And I do know that the fan base doesn't want to hear that kind of name. But what we do have to remember is, as well is that it's done very well lately with, with signings. And even like Martinelli, like no one of us really knew about him. And mm. he came on and he really kicked on. Gabriel, he did okay in France, but he wasn't like a household name. He came on, he kicked on. So we've done that. Uh, and and we work so I I just trust them to do better now than before. So hopefully uh, we will see good, good signings coming. Uh, Dan Robin in the chat says Dan that a Smeal Smith Rowe coming back will be quote like a new signing, the classic saying that we always have. And whilst we joke about that, you know he will be in a sense like that because we haven't had him all season. How much of an impact do you think a Mill Smith Rowe can have on the second half of a campaign? If he hits the four me sort of ended with last season, then it will be massive. But it's it's going to be, where is he going to play now in that line? Is he just going to come in and cover for whoever's not like fit or whoever's tiring? Or is he going to stick behind Martinelli and he's going to double over on that side with him? But I think it was Matt in the Discord said he'd do good in that eight role if he gets mm. developed in that role. And it's a pretty good point. Like he could, considering how high up Jack is playing, why could he not? developing that role like the the boys were really hot on it and i I, I sort of bought into the idea it it does make sense he could do that role but then that versatility that we got there's i don't think if we don't sign anyone there isn't that much of a major panic to have we've got so many players now who can cover so many positions Mm. the only one that we really can't cover is Partey. that's like technically the only one and now with saliba obviously bringing the levels of center back up even if Ben White pushes back into the middle, you're not going to get that same style at the back and it, and it may change things a bit. So mm. Saliba, Partey's positions are the ones who that are the major, but Partey is the one you, we, we need to probably cover his position more than anyone's because his tendency to have a little knock is going to derail. And we've got the cover for right and left back now. That's, that's what hit us last season, wasn't it? It was left back, DM, right back. When them three were out, we was done. Our attack changed, everything changed. So, I don't know. I'm confident that if um, we don't sign, ESR comes back in, attacking-wise, we're good. We're, we're fine. It's just that DM, that has to be covered. I think that should be priority. 
Yeah, no, I think that the the argument between DM and forwards for me is is on a 50-50. I've seen so many people saying, like you, Dan, we should be going for the midfielder because if Partey's out, we are in trouble. Or if Xhaka's out, we're in trouble. But equally, I think on the other side, if any of Jesus, uh, Saka or Martinelli are out for a long period of time, there's question marks about how Smith will obviously return from this surgery. And if we don't have anyone coming in are Nelson and Ketty and Marquinhos, who probably will go on loan the latter. Um, is that going to be enough? So it's it's just plain obvious that both need to be strengthened in this window for us to have a hope, I think, of competing to the end of the campaign. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for the donation. The chat box says, I agree with King. I trust Arteta, uh, or rather Artetu, uh, which I quite like, uh, says to the point that if we signed no one in January, it's because those we could sign would be detrimental to the squads is that having that trust and faith that they are going to make the right decision. And that leads me on to the final question I'm going to throw to each of you before we move to part two. And that is, of course, the news that Edu has become the sporting director of the club, Arsenal's first ever sporting director. Um, let's go back in reverse order again. Dan, I'll start with you on this one. What do you make of the decision to promote Edu? And do you think he's worthy of it? I think he's done a great job. So that's mm. the position they deem him as being. And he's going to be still working alongside Arteta. It was only, was it last season? Arteta got his promotion from coach to manager. I think it was 2020. But it was two years yeah. ago. But yeah. Oh, two years. So yeah, he's only just gone up. And now Edu's done the same thing. And mm-hmm. it's funny how Kozola was mentioned saying he wanted to take over a coaching <laughs> role soon. So maybe they're clearing room for him. But um, yeah, I think he's worth it. I think he's done a great job. And through all of the... The fact that we was not trusting as much when all the the sort of the sour grapes were getting moved out, we was waiting for this impact. Mm. I, I can't, you can't deny the the impact they both made on bringing players in and what it's done to the team. I've, as a fan, and even my family and stuff, I don't think in the last 10, 15 years we haven't felt this good as a fan base. It's it's, it's great to be an Arsenal fan right now. Mm. Well, it is. So, yeah, it's I'm behind to be an Arsenal fan. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, it's crazy to think where we've kind of come with Edu King because, you know, I, I was very critical of him at the start and some of the business that we were doing and it didn't feel like we were making any, you know, strides forwards because every every good deal, there seemed to be a bad deal with Willian and um, Willian's obviously the big one, but you've also got ones like Runison, we've got still question marks over the likes of Sambula Conga, Cedric, Pablo Marie, you know, all these players were mentioned and associated with Edu a lot, but... We've also done loads of really good business. So what have you made of, of the decision ultimately and Edu's tenure at the club as a whole? I think it shows that he's grown. So as you said, he, he started uh, at a point where some of the signings we did sign were not good signings. We just have to say that they didn't help us to become better. But that's also part of the job that can you move on from making a bad signing? Do you have the confidence to back yourself mm. to, to continue doing the job? And I think he's shown that. I think Ed has been very criticised. He's been a lot in the media, a lot of the fans been on to him, even even about his private life. But he's still... You mean the barbecuing? Very... That's that's what you mean? Yeah, yeah the barbecuing, <laughs> the jet skis, the, 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 the yachts, you know, all, all of that, the lifestyle. Some of the fans feel like oh, he shouldn't be doing that as if you, you don't have a private life. All you do is just work and then that's it. You go to bed. I think sometimes fans forget that they are humans as well. But yeah, I think the club, it just shows that the club has a long-term strategy and they believe in Edu, they believe in Arteta and things are getting into place. And if they believe that Edu is the right man to be the sporting director, 
then then fair play to him. I'm I'm glad to see that people are getting rewarded now for doing good stuff rather than in the past you would see someone get rewarded and you would wonder well, what have they really done to earn that. Hmm. Yeah, I think that he is worthy of of you know, and, we, and there was always been those links to. Uh, the clubs looking at him and apparently he's been given opportunities and offers from other clubs that have been turned down. And this is another example of us thinking in the long term and progressing forwards. And we're now trying to hopefully do that with, with you know, the the likes of Gabriel Martinelli and Saka and Saliba that hopefully we can also get signed down to new contracts. And lastly, Garrett Edu being promoted to Sporting Director, the first ever Sporting Director at the club. What do you think this means for Arsenal as a club and that sign? And what does it kind of show to the fans that they've made this decision? I think, as King said, it shows intent in the long term, you know, and maybe that's not something we've had for a while. The, like, clear intent, you know, we've got him nailed down now. He's in his new position. And I, I think, yeah, as King said as well, I think he's earned it. This isn't something he's just been given. I mean, you know, as you said, some bad transfers, Willian, you know, maybe Cedric isn't up to the level, but overall, it's definitely come out positive, you know, 100%. I mean, you know, he and I think as well, he, he can only do what the owners let him do as well. I mean, you know, he can, I don't think it's fair to put any blame really on him for say last January. Uh, Cause at the end of the day, you know, he's not the one that has access to the bank account, you know, it's not him. That's the owners. Um, I think he's done a very good job. And yeah, I was glad to see it. Um, and yeah, hopefully, you know, we can c- continue to build on it in the future. And I, I, I fade him, you know, I, I do. And I think he, if we can find someone that's right. And I think the key is that they're right for what we need. Um, yeah, they'll get the business done. Absolutely. And with that, it brings an end to part one. Uh, I'd like to thank my first half guest, Dan. Thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it as always. Tell people where they can find you if you'd like to. Um, heavily in the Discord as always. Uh, and as I said, I just joined Twitter few weeks ago i haven't really got into using right. it yet but i'll get there <laughs> i'll get there what a time <laughs> to join twitter of all places. <laughs> well i wouldn't have joined it last year that's for sure that would have been slander every day but yeah alpha and wolf uh is um, my twitter handle so yeah i'm on there lovely stuff king thank you as always always a pleasure to chat to you and and best of luck with senegal in the world cup of course ah Thank you so much, Tom. It's always a pleasure to be here. I'm always happy to come on and 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 big up to the panel. It was a great discussion. Uh, you can find me on King's Football Show uh, on my channel. You can also find me on the Discord, very active there. And that's my name on all socials. So yeah, King's Football Show. And finally, Garrett, thank you so much for the time as well, mate. Much appreciated. Tell people where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me in the Discord. Um, yeah, that's, I suppose, where you can find me. But yeah, no, second time on, I really enjoyed it. So uh, thanks, Tom, and yeah, big up to the guys. It was a good one. Absolutely, absolute pleasure. A massive thank you to Dan King and Garrett once again uh, for coming on the show. Honestly, I'm sure I'll see you boys very, very soon. Have a good one, lads. Thank see you, you later. Many thanks uh, to Dan and, of course, King and Garrett for coming on. Uh, We're thankful to them, just as we're also thankful to our sponsor, NordVPN. Of course, Uh, you could not be happier with the guests that we provide you with, but you would not be happier with the security that NordVPN can bring to your surfing of the internet. Just go by nordvpn.com slash guna to get yourself a big discount off a subscription. And not only that, but you get four months free as well. It gives you the ability to change your geolocation whilst you're online. So you can change 
uh, where you're basically, or your phone rather, thinks that you are. So you can change to the UK if you're abroad and use your typical broadcasting apps like you're there. Watch some reality TV if you like. That's your sort of thing. It is kind of my sort of thing, rather guilty pleasure, if you will. Uh, but also you can know if you're using Sky or whatever like that, and I certainly used that to watch the Arsenal-Brentford game when I was on my honeymoon, it worked a treat. So you can get a massive discount, as I say, by going to nordvpn.com slash guna. But without further ado, let's move to part two right after this. Okay, let's bring in our guests for round two of this chat about January transfers. First of all, it's Zamir. How are you doing, Zam? You good? I'm good, Tom. How are you? It's good to see Very you. Good. Yeah, likewise. Likewise. It's been a while. How is it over there in the US preparing for yet another international tournament? Yeah, I mean, we don't really feel it here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, football is not a, a big fo- a sport, but it's it's growing. It's growing. And, uh, you know, the 2026 World Cup is here. So I think uh, it's at least in my tenure in the US, I've seen the sport grow tremendously. Mm. Um but looking forward to you know how the US team performs and and uh if they're able to make a mark on international football moving forward, I think that would be a, a good thing. So looking forward mm-hmm. to it. Absolutely. Uh we're also joined uh, by Alex. How are you doing, Alex? You good, Joel? I'm not too bad, thank you, Tom. Yeah. Um I'm just in Lanzarote on holiday, so I'm Lanzarote. That's where he's joining yeah. us from. <laughs> Lanzarote people. It's ridiculousness. The smugness on that man's face. Uh, <laughs> well, I hope you're having a fantastic time, mate. I hope you're enjoying yourself. So, uh, yeah, lovely stuff. Oh, a good time. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right, rub it in. Often, Keep it going. Very lively curtains, so I can apologise for that. They are lively curtains. <laughs> Far more lively than King Sofa that he typically does his shows from. You have to say that. Yeah, definitely so. Uh, we're also joined by Sartvik. How are you doing, Sartvik? You good, Joel? Yep, I'm good, Tom. How about you? Very good, thank you. Who are you going to be supporting in the World Cup? Um, I think Germany are due a good performance. They've been quite dull in uh, country-level tournaments for Mm. the past couple of years. So I think back Germany this time. Interesting. We'll have to see. Yeah, they've got some really good young players of called Jamal Musiala being a particular standout uh, performer of that team. So we'll see indeed how they get on. He could have been, you know, in the England squad if he had chosen a different route, Musiala, but he's gone with Germany and we'll see how he gets on. And making his debut on TGT. Always great to have a debutant. It's Nikolai. How are you doing, Nikolai? You good, Joel? Pretty good, Tom. How are you doing? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Who are you going to be supporting in the World Cup, mate? Oh, let me think. The only, well, a team that doesn't have an Arsenal player in it, probably. Belgium. <laughs> Belgium, I think, is a good goal. Interesting. Yeah, Belgium Just is run an interesting KDB one. into the ground. You feel like this is the last chance for Belgium to make a mark, really, for a while. Because, you know, that golden generation of players is probably going to be... Well, I don't know. Will we see Kevin De Bruyne at the next World Cup? We might see him in the next Euros, I think. But four years' time, De Bruyne is going to be, what, 35 at that point, potentially? So. I actually don't care about Belgium. Belgium. <laughs> no, no, I just want him to run Belgium. too much. <laughs> it was just an opportunity to ask, you know. But it is what it is, mate. It is what it is. No, I really appreciate you jumping on for the first time, mate. Much appreciated and very welcome to you. Um, okay, let's let's talk January transfers. Amir, we'll start with you. Tell me what your dream January window in the realms of realism would be. 
<laughs> dream and realms of realism don't yes. go together, Tom. You can tell it's Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the dream signing. If if we go with that, I mean, we'd love to. Uh, I'd love to get three signings in. Right, I'd love to get Danilo in, get Thomas Partey's backup secure, and then uh, get in Tielemans, uh to get that creative eight solved, and then someone like a Rafael Leao in as well but uh, we know that's my dream now the reality is even if we get someone like Danilo in I think that's probably enough to secure top four uh, hmm. and I don't want us to add people who we may have who may not be worth you know the money we've seen a lot of transfers like in the summer Arsenal fans are calling for Dominic Calvert-Lewin not having the best. That season. sounds like a dig at me, to be honest. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> and then uh, Richarlison, we we know where he went and what he's doing. So I want to make sure whoever we get in is the right profile. The club believes in him. Arteta, Edu, they they believe in the club and the project. And whoever that is, I'm I'm fine with it. Lovely stuff. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about Edu shortly. Uh, Alex, again within the realms of realism, but what is your dream January window? Um, I think I expressed at the beginning of the season in particular a need for a striker. Um, I just think the gap between Nketiah and Jesus is a bit too large. So mm. I think getting somebody in in that position, whether that be Madrid or whoever that else that might be, I think that's key. And I also think um, having a replacement or competition, as I prefer to call it, for party is also key. Um, I think, think Madrid can be that striker then because obviously he plays more on the left but do you, do you see him as someone who can operate centrally as well um, I think he offers something slightly different in terms mm. of his in behind um, and you know in, in terms of what he offers in um, physically um, and his pace in particular, mm. is something that I think we don't lack necessarily, but I think it's a bit different to Jesus. So I'm not saying he's slow, but um, he's more of a, he's shown that he's more dropping deep in order to allow Martinelli and Saka or whoever it might be who plays on the wings to sort of get him behind. Whereas I think Madrid offers that off the shoulder threat that maybe we haven't really got up front at the minute. Because um, in Ketia, I've noticed anyway, has dropped deeper quite a lot more than mm. he used to. Yeah, no, he absolutely uh, has. Yeah. Uh, so you seem to have like set your sights on that forward line, but midfield, anyone in midfield in particular? Um, I think the midfield's so difficult because mm. we want a six, but you know we want a backup for Party. But I also think we need a backup for Jacker, and I think the backup for Jacker is actually a more difficult position to fill mm. because our, even I, having watched it. Uh, having watched them Arsenal play every game this season, I still don't really understand what role Jacker plays, and that's not in a way of like saying negatively; it's a positive mm. thing. But in that sense, I find it really difficult to understand what role he plays. So I don't know who who could fill in for him. That's a fair point. Um, yeah, and yeah. you know, he just sort of pops up in random places and <laughs> um, a whack a mole. You know, well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> whack a mole indeed. Um, but I think. You know, there's certainly players out there who I think are capable of playing his position, but he's been with the club for such a long time that there's a level of understanding that I think will be difficult to replicate. Um, but, you know, we hope for the best and 
yeah, I, I have for the first time in a while have trust in what Edu and Arteta and the rest of the recruitment staff are able to offer. So whoever comes in, I'm sure it will be the right person. And if nobody comes in, then I'll just assume that we haven't found the right person. And I'm, you know, whilst I'll be a little bit disappointed, mm. it's not the be-all, end-all. I don't think we should sign players for the sake of signing players anymore because we've seen where that leads us with having Mari and Cedric on ridiculous contracts for four years, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I suppose if we don't end up signing anyone, you know, the names will come out of the players that people think we yeah. should have signed, which always is going to happen. But obviously, the reality is we don't know what is going on. Uh, by the way, I can see you guys in the chat box making up a five-a-side team from us five. I would not play in goal. I'm just putting you that out there now. Not a chance. No reaction time whatsoever. Put me in the back. That's not, the back line is no problem, but certainly not between the sticks. Uh, Sartvik, who I think you're being, uh, I think you're being pegged for the midfield or striker from the looks of things uh, from Dan, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. Um, no, we've got you at the back, actually, Dan says. You should be playing in the back, apparently. I, I think I'll swap with you in, in net, to be honest. But uh, tell me what your uh, dream January window would look like. Um, yeah, sure. I think I'll focus on the word dream here. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> well, first of all, I think we'll we'll need someone to replace. Uh, I mean, we'll need not replace, but strengthen the midfield. And I think uh, someone like Milinkovic Savage. Or um, I'm, I'm even hearing rumors about Jude Bellingham, given the strong start we've had. So really someone of that caliber. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said it. I said we'll go for the dream. So yeah, someone like that in the midfield. And um, I wouldn't actually go for an upgrade on the striker. I'd rather have uh, Balogun come in as an understudy to Jesus moving forward. So I wouldn't go for the striker, but I will... Uh, possibly pick a winger, maybe Cody Gakpo, mm. if he's available. And uh, because I think he'll, he'll really uh, help strengthen that position uh, that we have. And if needed, uh, we, we always do have the option of cycling those front three players um, because they're all interchangeable and they can, they're very versatile and they can play in multiple positions. And for the third player, I'm going to go a little bit out of the box and uh, pick a replacement for our centre-back because I think if one of our centre-backs does get injured, we're left with holding, which I don't think is a really uh, great position to be in. So I think I'll go for someone like Evan Endica or uh, yeah, someone like that. Hmm. Proper solid yeah, centre-back. Interesting choices, uh, Vic, I have to say. I think that, you know, Ndika, I think his contract runs out at the end of the season, doesn't it? So you'd imagine that if you can get him in January, it would be on a, a relatively cheaper deal. It's an area that I think that will need strengthening, be it the winter. I think we'll probably see more strengthening in, in the summer. I think they will probably bring in another centre-half. Um, we'll have to wait and see what they make of Austin Trusty, of course, as well, that's set to return. Maybe he'll take that spot. Uh, and then the other options, yeah, you. I think you are in Dreamland uh, with Milinkovic, Savage and, and Bellingham. They are very much summer signing names um, and mad ones at that. But who knows? Maybe we are looking to accelerate plans from the summer forwards uh, and maybe they'll go big on somebody. But yeah, the forward line 
very interesting indeed about who we could bring in. Cody Gakpo is, is certainly a, a player who I would put on, on a list of, of potential options I'd like to see. So, yeah, good names indeed. Lastly, Nikolai, tell us about your, your dream window within the, the possibilities of what realism can bring us. Well, I have a few scenarios because I'm really a pragmatist. So, hmm. dream, that's, that's not something I think we should contemplate too much. So if if we go for experience, uh, I would choose Neves and, and Zaha because mm -hmm. if you look to capitalize, like there are talks that uh, Arteta will try to shift the budgets for the summer to the winter, and this means you know you're all in. You're scrapping the project. Uh, you're, you're you're giving it a go pretty much this season. Uh, in this case, I don't care for age. I care for somebody that will you know, hit the ground running. And it will be Neves and Zaka for me, both Premier League proven, both gettable, actually, because I think with the budget that could be available, Neves will be yeah, expensive, but Zaka is at the end of his contract. Mm -hmm. So I think this is if you go for it, like really. If you go for depth, you can do different things like uh, Adama Traore even. You just need somebody to, you know, help Saka get a breather. Um, I don't care for a left winger. We're going to have you know, Smith roll back. And uh, we do have Marquinhos there. So maybe Adama Traore can just run people to the ground. And he's, <laughs> he can do he's, that. That is what he can do. Yeah. He, can, he can do that. Plus, he's ending his contract as well this year. And Patino, for you know going for depth, we can just recall him. Uh, but that's going to stop his development. If you go for the project like it, it was, uh, I would go for Danilo uh because it's the, this profile of player and i think you can just continue building up and uh on the wing i actually like marquinhos and i actually actually like uh reese nelson even though you know we gave him a few chances but i think the structure wasn't there previously if he has time to fit in this structure properly uh with this preseason maybe that we currently have reese can can do a job uh, as well yeah, I, I think that you've named players certainly that in the two scenarios of A, breaking the project, going for the title right now, which I think, you know, who's going to begrudge anyone of doing that because you've got a chance at a title. You know, you can go for a style of player that maybe you would have done at a different point during along this project of wherever they happen to see us. But what I do think is that Zaha is, is high risk and potentially yeah. high reward. I think Neves is, is low risk and certainly high reward in what he would bring to the team. The age profile of player like Zara is always going to be a high risk, high reward situation if it indeed does work. Uh, equally, when King uh, and Dan were talking about Leandro Trossard, you know, 27 year old. So you're going to invest in a player with probably very little sell on value, but you'd imagine would be able to give you certainly a strong amount of quality uh, in the team as well. So I look, if I've always been kind of a bit what's the word, uh, resistant to the Zaha line. That said, if he came in in January, I'd think, well, we've managed to bag ourselves a, a top quality Premier League player to give us some some help for the last six months and we'll see what else he brings to the team. So whilst I, you know, I, th I think I'd prefer us to go and maybe stick closer to the project, as I say, if it's someone like him coming in, I'm not exactly going to be disappointed by any shape or form. Um, obviously, with, with four people on this show, we're going to kind of stream, streamline the, uh, the, the second half where we're going to ask you about Edu and then I'm going to get some predictions to end things off. So, Zamir, on Edu, uh, appointed sporting director, how do you feel about his job that he's done at Arsenal, and do you think he's worthy of this promotion? Yeah, I think, Tom, based on the last couple of years and what Edu has done, 
he's fully deserving of this role. Um, I know everyone in their job makes mistakes, and Edu has, but he's also rectified those. And the fact that he has developed such a strong relationship with Josh Kroenke, with uh, Arteta, and with the fans as well, uh, is becoming more and more transparent as well, which is something the fans have always asked for. And he's also not... He's he's backing up everything he says so far. So I'm always of the mindset that if you're doing good work, then you deserve to be rewarded. So I'm happy for him. Uh, I hope he succeeds in his new role and his added responsibilities. There will be more challenges, but I'm sure if we back him the way we have the last couple of years, then hopefully there's a success story there. Mm. And, and Alex, I think with Edu, the, the, the key thing about him going up to sporting director is that he's going to have more responsibilities on his plate. You know, there was talk of him getting more involved with the academy. I think he's actually going to have more involvements with the women's side of the game as well, which I think, you know, is going to be very beneficial for them. Is there any worries for you or drawbacks that with more responsibility could spread him thinner and make him less efficient in what he does for the Arsenal men's team, for instance? Um. I think to an extent I would be slightly worried about him not being as involved, but I also think if he's getting promoted, you'd assume that somebody's taking mm. over part of the responsibility. So I think it very much depends on who ends up um, taking over that side of things. But I think the having somebody who understands where we want to go as a football club and as in terms of the project and the you know the process that they've talked about for so long. I think having that across in the academy and across the whole club is really important. And I don't think, besides Arteta, I don't think there's anybody who probably understands it where they want to go as well as they do. So I don't think I'm necessarily worried, but I do think in terms of transfers, we need to make sure that it's not been I. <laughs> like, mm. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm not against... Vinay, just to be clear, but I do think that he needs to stick to a more commercial side of the club. I think he does, to be fair. Like I don't think that I don't think that is his that wider role. I think that he obviously is involved very much with decision making, probably signs off on things. But I I from my understanding, I you know, I do believe that Vinay delegates, you know, the the on field and off field transfer stuff in particular to the people that are very much in the know, you know, around that. It'll be Richard Garlic, won't it? It'll be involved more so, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is, Richard Garlic's been outstanding in his role from what I understand. Obviously, you mm. can only say so much, but in terms of the contractual side of it and getting players signed on and not just letting them run down to the last year before we're signing them on, like looking at getting players like Martinelli, Saliba, Saka on early, and that's key because... You know, you get a player to the last year and then they decide, actually, I don't want to stay here. It's out of your control to a certain extent as to what happens. But if you've got a player who's got two years left and you've signed them on for another two years and you've got four years and then they decide, oh, actually, I want to leave, then you've still got enough time to get a transfer fee for them. So as much as I'd be devastated if Saka or Martinelli or Saliba said, oh, actually, we want to hang it up and we want to go. Mm. I'd also be like, at least we're not going to have to let them go for 10 million or 5 million or whatever it might be. Um, so I just hope that Edu leaving doesn't mean that there's 
a level of carelessness that goes into the decision making for that level because I think it's been so good for the past couple of years. Um, I say couple, I mean literally two because before that, um, I'd rather not talk about it. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, th- I think we just need to focus on that and make sure that we don't have a gap because we, we can't afford to. As a club right now, we're on the up and I, I, I could talk forever about it, so I'll, I'll yeah, no. let, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> no, all right. Uh, Sarvik, you know, Edu has overseen a, a big transition, you know, at Arsenal, and it's not always been plain sailing. There's been errors, and we talked a bit about that with the la- in, in part one, and, you know, players have come in that it hasn't necessarily worked out. But I think the big thing that's been missing from Edu's kind of repertoire and... Uh, you know, what he hasn't received any praise from because it's not really existed is the sales side of his job. You know, we've not been able to to move players on for a profit. And this summer upcoming, we've got Pepe returning from loan. Maitland-Niles is going to be here still. You've got Nuno Tavares coming back. Eddie and Ketty are in the Balogun kind of dynamic. I think there needs to be a decision probably made on one of those two, whether it's loaning one out again or selling one. He's going to have to make that choice. Do you have the confidence that Edu can change kind of the the reputation he has from the outgoings perspective? Yep, I really think um, he does have the potential to be uh, one of the best in the business. I think uh, the very fact that he's brought us to where we are at this point, um, which I definitely didn't think any of us expected, we definitely dreamed but I don't think we expected we'll be at this position uh, come November. And uh, I think the fact that we are is testament to what he's, he and obviously Mikel Arteta have together been able to build. And uh, I mean, uh, we as fans don't really get to see the inside dynamic of how his role actually functions and what is it exactly that uh, he does in his day today. But I think... Uh, the results speak for itself and I think as fans we can judge from that uh, more than anything else. Uh, Arteta obviously has a really good uh, relationship with him and uh, it's it's key that the manager and the, uh, the sporting director now uh, have a good uh, connection in terms of transfers or whatever the decisions that have to be taken and as you said there are quite a few that will be coming up uh, come the end of the show. I think uh, we have the best man for the job. Well, lovely stuff. Um, and, and Nikolai, lastly on on Edu, uh, with as I mentioned to, to Alex, we've seen you know him move to another part of the Arsenal executive team as a sporting director. You'd imagine Richard Garlic would get more responsibilities as well in his head of football communicate or head of yeah head of football operations role. Um, do you think there's no need with him going up to that sporting director role for anything extra to be had? Do you think that you're still looking at behind the scenes at Arsenal and going, I think we could do with, you know, more Arsenal in it? Because that used to be a big criticism of the club is that we didn't have enough Arsenal behind the scenes. We've now got Edu, you know, Arteta's the manager, Pears the head of the academy. Is there any room, do you think, for more recruitment and an executive level at the club? Yeah. Yeah, of course. I actually don't like this promotion that really that is happening mid-season things are going well and i need them focused on just keep on keeping going the same way and mm. it was excellent so far so i don't like actually moving things around exactly now but you know if it happened it happened 
I guess we can do with some people that didn't do too well in coaching, but yet are very well respected within the the community. I have a few very good examples. Like we can finally get theory to talk to the right people and not, you know, mess with with Arteta. Well, he changed recently, I guess. He mm. started to give him some respect, but you know, Vieira. I don't think his coaching uh, is amazing thus far. Okay. Uh, Burkamp actually is kind of you know staying away a bit hidden from mm. you know the spotlight. I'm not sure they're qualified to do you know the things that may be expected from them. Uh, so I'm I'm I don't like too much getting people just for the for the name that they had. I, I would like them to be qualified. Uh, but I think we can indeed get some ambassadors, get some positions that are right for those people. You know, think actively about where we can fit them in so that they can be positive. Like we can do theory with PR. That would be great. He talks a lot. So a lot. He does talk a lot. Yes. Um, you know, I think that one. You, you look at Thierry Henry, Patrick Vieira, Dennis Perkham were all said to be backers of Daniel X's bid to, to, to take over the club. And I think that once you've made that link to a potential buyer, the current ownership may not be as warm about the idea, you know, of integrating those people into an executive level. It makes sense when you think about it that way. But at the same time, yeah, you know, I think it's about bringing in qualified people for the role. You know, barely any of us, you know, I, I think would have had Edu as coming in as, as an executive part of the team, even though he'd done really well with the Brazil national side. None of us really knew much about what he'd done after his playing career. Richard Garlick was fairly unknown, you know, worked with the Premier League, but his role and how that would transition to a, a single club level like Arsenal, again, we didn't know how that would work. And that dynamic with Edu and Arteta as a team has worked really, really well. They've worked hard to bring in more scouts. Uh, you know, we brought in a scout for France, Germany, South America, the domestic leagues in England. We've added uh, more and more scouts to the team, obviously, after those big redundancies during the COVID period. So I think it's always going to be about quality over reputation and the the idea of adding more Arsenal people into things I agree with you I don't think bears much weight these days because we've got to where we are yes with some Arsenal men in the scenes like Arteta and Pear and and Edu but they've proven themselves at the club and now it's going to be about if we do extend or improve the executive level that we do that with the people that are qualified which again O'Malley says what about Santi Cazorla Whilst I'd love the idea of Santi coming back to Arsenal, you have to think about the context of where he comes in and what he's going to do and why is he qualified for that. We can't just be nostalgic, can we, about this and, and want people for the sake of it. We need to know they're going to be doing the right things. Maybe they start as an ambassadorial role and they learn. Maybe that's the way that they go through. But I think we need I to think, be sensible. Go on, Nikolai. I think there's room with all these new coaching positions like throwing coach and water yeah. bearing coach or whatever we, yeah. we have opening for a dancing coach i know the guy yeah yeah well mr arsenal did pretty well <laughs> dancing i just clicked in my mind i was like i was trying to piece together what he meant but maybe for celebrations but no genuinely tony adams could come in <laughs> as a potential dancing coach at arsenal you know he pulled off the moves didn't he so quite fantastically uh, shame that he went out. Complete fix, obviously. Obviously, it was a fix. It, we played in an evening where they were doing the yeah. voting. 
so nobody could vote for him. That's, we know how it works, people. BBC, we know how you work. We get this. Um, but yeah, we'll have to wait and see uh, what happens in terms of the Arsenal executive board. But we're going to finish off this show with some quick fire answers. All I want for you is a number to each of the two of these questions. How many in and how many out? That outs can be permanent or loans um, of the senior team. So I won't pressure you to think about all the youth players that might leave. But of the senior team, ins and outs, how many? Zam, we'll start with you, mate. Go for it. I'll go with one in and two out. Alex? I'll go with three in, one out. So well, three one, like, like Iran will be. Um, I think I'll go for two in and two out. And Nikolai? I'll go just like Savic, two in, two out. Lovely stuff. That's what I have gone for as well. Two in, two out. Uh, a massive thank you to uh, my panellists this evening. Zan, thank you so much for your time, mate. Really appreciate it. Tell people where I can find you. Yeah, Thanks, Tom. Always good to be on. You can find me in the Discord server. Um, I have a Twitter profile, but Twitter is going down. So just find me in the Discord. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've tried to follow this story. I don't quite know. I type in Twitter's down and I have people saying, people are just going mad. And I know people saying, no, he's actually going down. I don't really know what's going on. All I know, it's been absolute chaos since he took over. So, you know, who knows what's happening. Uh, Alex, thank you so much for your time, mate. Appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your holiday in lovely Lanzarote, mate. But do tell people where they can find you. Oh, thank you very much. I'm actually leaving tomorrow. Uh, so, well, I hope you've enjoyed it. <laughs> I, have, I have enjoyed it. Um, no, but um, you can always find me on the Discord server. And as always, at any Bournemouth under-21s games, uh, I don't really do social media, uh, especially Twitter. Don't blame um, But I hope everyone enjoys the World Cup for whichever teams they're supporting um, or team. Mm. I certainly know I won't because Harry Maguire will be at centre-back. Uh, <laughs> the the Maguire agenda <laughs> continues. But yeah. Um, but, yeah, I hope everyone enjoys the rest of their World Cup or whatever they may be doing. Absolutely. Uh, Sarvik, thank you so much for your time, mate. Much appreciated. Tell people where they can find you. Yep, just on the Discord server. And, uh, yep, here's to hoping none of our players come back injured. <laughs> Mm, yes, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed indeed. And lastly, Nikolai, fantastic debut, mate. Thank you so much for jumping on, taking the plunge. Appreciate it. I hope you've enjoyed it. Tell people they can find you, mate. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Uh, well, only on the Discord. I don't do Twitter. Uh, and since I don't have anything to show, uh, I'll just give you a pro tip because you have questioned this several times. Mm. People... Yeah, players actually cut their own socks at the back just to improve circulation. Nobody kicks them that hard. Really? Oh, that's a good Figure tip. Out. Didn't know that. Didn't know that. Players cutting yeah. their socks for circulation. Interesting. I have asked about that. Tiny little shin pads now as well. It's, no one wears the shin pads that have um, the sock bits on them because they found that actually reduces blood flow to their feet. Oh, maybe that's why I've been playing so badly then. That clearly is the reason. Uh, that's the reason. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the, exactly the, the, the shin pads I have is those ones. That clearly explains why I'm not playing at the elite level because my entire that's life... That's the excuse I use as well, Tom, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's got to be the way forwards. Uh, what, so ankleless shin pads are the way to go, people. And cut your socks at the back. Apparently improves your circulation. Nikolai, you heard it here first. Lovely stuff. Uh, thank you, boys. Really appreciate your time, and I'm sure I'll see you again very, very soon. Thank Cheers, you. lads. Have a good one.
Massive thank you uh, to Alex, to Zan, to Nikolai and to Sarvik for joining in. And of course, to every one of the guests that have enjoyed uh, joining us this afternoon. We're going to be trying to do uh, more of these member shows across the next six weeks, of course, because there's no preview shows to worry about. Um, but I hope you've enjoyed it as well. Do drop a like on the video if you indeed have and subscribe to the channel if you're new. And if you would like to become a member of the channel and come onto the shows uh, more regularly, a link to that, you can be found in the link tree in the description. It also gives you access, of course, if you become an expert member or a TGT ambassador to the Discord server of which all of the guests you've seen this evening are all a part of and all regular contributors too. So many thanks to all of that. But we will see you again very, very soon. Have a fantastic weekend. I will see you in the morning at 8am. And as always, Always up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your Mook delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.